Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Hello and welcome to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons with me, Simon Mundy, in which we revisit a nugget from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. Heather Abatz trained as a barrister, but that barely gets her CV started. She's also been BBC Governor, the youngest ever Chief Executive of Merton and Lambeth Councils, Head of Education at Channel 4, a Director of the Bank of England, a Board Member of the UK Film Council and Deputy Chair of Millwall FC. And that's just to name a few. When we spoke, I wanted to ask her about getting ahead in big organisations and businesses, and she gave her take on that before speaking about retaining humility as you rise the ranks, as was so masterfully personified by Nelson Mandela, who she met while working in Lambeth. So you talk about you're good at swimming in organisations mm. and you know who doesn't want a promotion, right? Yeah. And obviously you got pretty blooming yeah. good at it to, to yeah. rise to the very top yeah. at 32. And some people uh, are better within organisations than others. What do you think are the key elements then to succeeding, you know, organisations that are often very bureaucratic? Oh, gosh, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> hour in itself, really. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's about how you build lesions of interest, how you share a consensus about the, the, the direction of travel and how you build that uh, so that everybody thinks, OK, we know where we need to go to. But actually you give people sufficient room for manoeuvre and you empower them so that the way they get there is also their own way. Now, that is really, it is not easy. It's really complicated and there's, you know, there are lots of restraints, obviously, if you're in public organisations. But I think that, I think it was trying to figure that space out that I've spent a long time in. And that's, that for me was why I felt that we could make things happen in quite complicated environments. Well, you distilled an hour's talk well, very well done. <laughs> so uh, Merton, walk in the park, essentially, right, compared to Lambeth, which yeah. was described as the worst job in local government. So, I mean, you were a glutton for punishment in many ways. And you say, what? It, it was literally advertised as the worst. It was. I mean, that's a, and a, it was. a, cle- a clever <laughs> advert. It was a very clever advert, and it was true. <laughs> so what, you just thought, I want as big a challenge as possible? Yeah. Yeah, I think I just... I could give you another quote. I feel like this... Go on. Becoming I, a, I love a quote. I'm, I'm becoming quote. a sort of cliche here. No, that's fine. Um, I love it. Which is, it's better to live one day as a tiger than a hundred days as a sheep. And I sort oh, of I think... I sort of think, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, But also, the great thing about Lambeth was that, you know, the town hall is in Brixton. And mm-hmm. Brixton is the black soul of this country in many ways. And, of course, it being uh, a place of black protest. Uh-huh. And therefore... I, I actually felt at, really at home in Lambeth. I mean, the challenges were huge. I mean, were, uh, beyond I, I could have uh, imagined. Uh, but 
you know, where in every organisation, um, there are wonderful people. Mm. And it's just about finding them. And, you know, there was some, I worked with some amazing counsellors, uh, with people who'd been in Lambeth for years, um, who had quietly tried to cope within chaos. Uh, and I think, you know, over those five years, uh, it's, it was about the collective efforts of many people. Did you have a vision in your head then of what you needed to achieve and how you would achieve it and just kept that at the forefront of your mind for the whole of that five years? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you don't, you can't bounce around from one thing to the next. No, it's about, and that's one of the challenge. I mean, of course, you get bounced around by events. Mm. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but I think you, what we tried to do is to say we there was a direction of travel that you shared with, you know, managers, uh, the sort of senior directors, work through with them, and try, you tried to sort of hold that as a as a guiding path in your head the whole time. I read a lovely story about when Nelson Mandela came to Lambeth and what a fantastic example. So he stepped out and did a bit, I mean, a little like you did when you were called chief and you're like, no, 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 I'm having none of that. But can you just tell us what he did? And I think this this speaks to the power, the the immense power of humility. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think... Well, one of my abiding treasured memories is Mandela coming uh, to Brixton and he came with Prince Charles. And, you know, you can imagine all of the protocols. And actually, Prince Charles was just incredible. He just stood back the whole time. And there were two things. Oh, oh gosh, there were so many things that struck me about Mandela. Uh, he had a very young, white, main bodyguard. And you thought, oh, OK, that's interesting. He comes out of the car, you realise how frail he is, his knees, and that people just wanted to touch him. It was like, mm. you know, the Messiah. They just wanted to touch him. Uh, and he talks absolutely, and he says to the security guard, what's your name? And the, uh, you can see the guard is just, he's virtually speechless. He's, uh, and that, it was this great, sense of humanity and this young uh, bodyguard I think his name was Rory just very gently protects him from literally people wanting just to touch him mm. and uh, I heard the story that when he he was getting up to leave the hotel he would go and talk to all the staff mm. because the staff in hotels and five o'clock in the morning are usually the black shift mm. And you just, you you were humbled yourself just to stand next to him. He was just, oh, it brings tears to my eyes yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just talking about him, there's a power even just in the kind of the name. Yeah, there, isn't there? yeah. I mean, there's um, there was a Zulu name for him, which I can't now recall, but it's the man who cast a long shadow. And right. my gosh, you know, yeah. what, what a man. And sadly, we live in a time where, the, the quality of that leadership that he had and that humility yeah. uh, is not apparent in many of our current leaders. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sadly. And to make a beeline for the people who are the bottom or towards the bottom of, of the social yeah. chain, yeah. as an example, yeah. I mean, that's really Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was just... And, you, and he didn't... It wasn't an act... It wasn't something that he thought, well, this is a good thing to do. It was him. Yeah. It was absolutely him, and it had been him all of his life. And whether you read, when you read the book, his relationship with his jailers, it's absolutely mm. all there. And you think when he was subject to such a brutal regime, 
to to not resort to vengeance, to mm. not resort to a use of violent language, to actually always stay humble. Wow. Yeah. I mean, everybody learn. Everybody should learn from that. Absolutely. To be humble, it's easy to lose sight of that when you become more successful. Totally. Uh, um, but it's also the combination... I mean, this was a man so strong in his spirit. You know, it, so it's that unbelievable sort of combination of strength and vulnerability and humility. Oh, yes. And that, that is absolutely what Mandela personified. And that's why he reached millions of people around the world. Uh, and they were touched by him, even when they just, you know, when they, you know, when they, they released him from prison, when they heard him talk, when they went to the, the, the Rugby World yeah, Cup. Absolutely. You know, that moment is like, it is awesome. It is absolutely awesome. And mm. I hope um, that memory of him and, uh, and how it should inspire all of us. Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Life Lessons podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, please do feel free to drop me an email via my website, simonmundy.com. And just a reminder that my full-length conversations are now back. They're out every Monday morning. 